Oh. <laughs> I see. I'm just trying trying out my nightclub act. Oh right. For, it's, it is it right. sucks. <laughs> yeah. Just thought I better let you know that. Yeah. Because it really does. Right really then. Does. <laughs> Good. Um. <laughs> 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 oh, Bit God. of the gang, have we? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. The old Mary Jane. <laughs> right, come on, because <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, I'm gone. All right. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh dear. This has started really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is our Everest. Greetings, culture vultures, and welcome to This Is Our Everest, the podcast that has started well. <laughs> um, yeah, things things are, are rumbling along nicely here. If you've never joined us before, essentially what we're doing is using the second lockdown and beyond to watch analogue television programmes from the days that there was no choice on TV by way of trolling you, millennials. <laughs> But actually, but actually, it's it's a thinly veiled attempt to try and drive each other mad. Yeah, yeah. There's a mutually assured destruction about that. <laughs> there lives. is one or the other of us is going down, or both, more likely. Yeah, quite possibly at the same time, the exact same moment. This sort of thing wasn't necessarily predicted by. Do you see what a great segue this is? By tomorrow's world, the BBC flagship. Science technology um, program. Two days after Christmas, nineteen eighty-four. It ran for thirty-eight years. Tomorrow's world. Yeah. And then obviously they decided that it was future enough, and they gave up. Oh, it, it reached a it reached a point at which it became yeah. today's world. Yeah, and then you know everything <laughs> that, that could that have imply? been invented. <laughs> Everything that could have been invented had been invented. That was their. See, view. I think it, they obviously I, they hadn't thought about COVID nineteen. See, I think, I think it all leads to there is no future. Well, it's an interesting yeah. philosophical point, isn't there? I mean, anyway, let's not let's, let's, let's not, get, not dwell yeah, on let's that. Let's not get bogged down. Let's in think that. about let's think about Judith Han. Yeah, um, because as you say, it's a. This is essentially it's the Tomorrow's World Christmas special, twenty seventh of December, nineteen eighty four. Probably one of the last episodes for over a decade to not feature Howard Stableford, yeah, who didn't join until nineteen eighty five. But it's fairly, I mean, fairly recognisable Tomorrow's World cast, as to my eye. I had to, yeah, I had to double check a couple on Google Image Search. I knew well. I didn't necessarily know Peter McCann by name, but I definitely knew him. Oh by, yeah, yeah. You know, no, I had his, to double check tomorrow's world. Double check who he was. And it's a, it's got a theme. I I, I seem to recall tomorrow's world d- used to do this sort of thing a lot. 
where they'd have a theme for the yeah, evening. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't often used to watch it because... You weren't curious about what it was going to be like in tomorrow's no, world. No, because when I was a child, uh, it used to be on immediately before Top of the Pops. Okay. So, and you were just so riven with pre-epic excitement. Well, no, I was. I was. You know, I, I, I needed to have my shit together to be in front of the TV, so I would be like, you what? know, busy. What? What were you doing? I don't know, homework and shit. Oh well, I was, I was fishing for masturbation. Yeah, masturbating, man. obviously. All right. Then. Um, yeah. But you know, homework, eating. Good move. Everything. I I had to make sure that I was focused on seven thirty. So tomorrow's world often missed out. I've seen quite. Yeah, of, I, I've seen yeah. quite a lot of the last five minutes of tomorrow's world. Well, that's that's a whole genre of television program in yeah, itself. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I was quite pleased to see the opening titles because I didn't very often. Because, like I say, I had other shit to do first. But they're very good. They're clearly done. They're they're done special for this episode, aren't they? Uh, And they're done in what would have been the latest 3D computer graphic technology. Well, yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad. wasn't bad stuff. And when you consider that this is uh, a year almost to the day... Mm. Ahead of um, Les and Dustin's Laughter Show, and anyone who's seen the computer graphics on the opening titles of that yeah. will will know that you know these ones are actually pretty sharp. Yeah, for the time, um, for the time they were. I think they're special ones, though. I have to say, I think they're special ones. Yeah, the first focus was on holograms. the t- The topic of the of the program was illusion and the world of perception. Uh, holograms were the first. Yeah, well, stopping I mean, point. there seemed to be this idea at the time that holograms could be used as a, a as a computing storage solution, uh, and that then they went into some science about why this was, um, and it made sense. It added up, and then they said that the problem is that it wasn't a rewritable technology, but they thought they'd found a way of doing it. And it all looked very complicated, and it ended up not happening, so far as I'm aware. Um, it sounds to me like somebody's seen a bit too much flash. Well, yeah, but I mean, at the same time, we have now got these sort of. Um, I'm thinking mainly of the um, Robert Kardashian hologram. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's um, that sort of thing. I mean, you know. But I, I presume that that is not so much a hologram as a. It's like, but it's more of a computer. Ge- I don't know what holograms are. Yeah. <laughs> what I do know is that on this program, the man whose name I believe is Kieran Prenderville, yeah, used a a, a, a sort of reusable holographic sh- uh, plate. He did. A computer burns off the previous hologram, yeah. and then he made a hologram of a mince pie and mince pied it right up. Yeah, I mean, it's um, you know. It looked like a fairly primitive and very limited in use technology in that condition. Yeah. Um, and it, as it it was, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I there'll think probably that... be some computer boffin along in the comments or something to go. Well, actually, yes, they do use holograms now. But I mean, you know, <laughs> my I don't know. I've got an, I've got I an SS, also... I've got an SSD in my laptop. 
Has that got hol- has that got holograms in it? They were talking about the way that holograms are able to um, carry information. Yeah. So it might have had sort of practical, theoretical, um, would that, maybe even physical would applications. Would that have gone for... on because fibre optic would have been around about that time? The start of fibre well, optic I, yeah. cables would have been about that time. You're so. asking. You're asking the wrong yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. You don't know anything about anything. I absolutely. <laughs> Dick shit. <laughs> Diddly squitters. Yeah. You'd be surprised. You would be surprised at what I don't Yeah. <laughs> Judith Han next. The Han. Looking fine. One in the Han is worth t- t- ten in Kate Bush. Yeah. No. Well, there's. Uh, a, I mean, the thing about Judith Han's bit is that it's about... That she talks about the, the impossible triangle, which isn't impossible at all. I thought everybody knew that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was quite, quite clearly in her hand. Yeah, evidently, evidently not. And this then, triangle and then, cannot be and made. Then they did what? something that I thought was quite progressive, and then they gave a strobe warning. Yes, I I thought that. Generally speaking, I don't really remember strobe warnings coming in until after the brief hysterical panic about um, video game. And photosensitive yeah. epilepsy from there was like one one kid had an epileptic fit while playing Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, I mean, I um, um I think he may have had epilepsy. Yeah, well. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, I think it was pro- if I was guessing, I'd say the early nineties. Well, yeah, that yeah that that fits my yeah, timeline, which, doesn't it? So I, yeah, I, I think. Um, you know, a fair they're point. well ahead. And the thing they, is, here is the weird thing: they're like, already living yeah. in tomorrow's world yeah here's the thing though i i'm not epileptic but i don't no. look at those strobe pictures when they come up when they give that warning i look away why i don't know they just make me uneasy what because you've been warned uh yeah the fact that you know there's a warning there for somebody and i know that you know okay. it's very specific and uh, it's you know unfeasibly unlikely that i've suddenly developed epilepsy this time yeah after 40 yeah, without years, having slow without having epilepsy. noticed um if that if if you have developed epilepsy in that way you realize that that type of epilepsy will be called ian king's epilepsy yeah, for, it would for be wouldn't science. it because i mean because it, no, that's never happened no because it's a, i mean is it genetic i don't even know i'm not sure. i'm not sure bad... i'm not sure um, I think that it's mostly uh, genetic yeah. uh, component, just... but I think it can also be caused by um, illness and brain injury. Oh, right, okay. Well, now it starts to make a bit more sense. <laughs> but um... <laughs> actually, actually, it's probably for the best that you don't look at. Yeah, them. no, I uh, know. Like I say, it just makes me uneasy, and I have looked at it before. That's the thing. You know, it's not that I never have, and there's a chance that I oh. might be if I did. But um, yeah. so I have looked at it before. But I don't. I don't like it. I don't. I look and I kind of look away. You know, within a couple of seconds, always. The uh, what? What did you make of the subject matter that the uh, warning was coming from? Because Judith was talking about how they could use computers to improve the results of eye testing and uh, color vision testing. Yeah, I mean, they did that and, test. And also, they can do perception tests, psychological yeah, tests. Yeah, they did that test on symmetry. Uh, yeah. And I got all of those right. Yeah, me immediately. too. Immediately. 
And I was like, I, I don't, I don't think they were very difficult. <laughs> no, they weren't in, in any way know. difficult. I, I, and then I'm not showing off, by the way. Fifty percent is well above average. She immediately said afterwards. So maybe that's just to make everyone feel like they're clever. But uh, I mean, the thing is that the whole bit about perception and what have you. Um, James Burke was doing that four years earlier on the Real Thing, which is his kind of lesser-known yeah. TV series. It's the one he made after Connections. It's on YouTube. Recommended. I don't watch shit on YouTube. Yeah, so I was kind of watching that, thinking he's. These, I've seen all of this before, only done by a better and more engaging host. Uh, <laughs> well, know. hang on a minute, because you're this. You're talking about that. I like. Here. I like. I like the hand, but Han Solo. But Burke is god tier. Oh, really? Yeah, interesting. Well, you see, he's before my yeah, time. No, but James Burke is god tier. I just, oh my god! If there was one thing I really wish was on YouTube, it isn't. It would be the Burke specials from about nineteen seventy-three. I think he did a series of like one-off documentaries, um, uh, or well, not even documentaries, actually lectures. And I've seen little clips of them, but I've never seen a full one, and they look amazing. Uh, how was your color vision? Perfectly good. Mine mine oh, uh, remains broken, atrocious. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am technically speaking colourblind. Um, but the only practical application I've ever found of it is to be able to fail the colour blindness test. Yeah. I mean I am I'm um, gonna I mean I've got I've my eye test is due because I have to have an eye test every year now. Yeah, they have to use um a lens that's in space. Yeah. <laughs> the Hubble Space Telescope uh-huh. has to do Ian's eye test. No, that has to be done. It has to be done every year now, because I'm at risk of well, I'm at I'm... risk of glaucoma. You're listening to this is our cheerful news. I know, right? yeah, but I mean, no, that's been news for a long time. It's been news for, oh, yeah, for more than a year. You see, this is what they should be doing in tomorrow's world: yeah. is fixing things like that, Not fannying around with. Um, See if you can see a letter E. Yeah, yeah, that was all a bit kind of boring. But then we moved on to Peter McCann getting some good old-fashioned yeah. robot paranoia going on. Robots. They're taking our jobs. They're taking our women. Yeah. He, he did use... Well, he didn't... He didn't... <laughs> I'll tell you what he did do. He used the word okay. flange quite a lot in that section. The dream of a fully automated workshop where the robots and androids have taken over is something that many people fear to wake up to in the future. Mind you, they're not really as clever as that yet. This one, for instance, look at him. He's as blind as a bat. The job of putting in car windscreens on the assembly line is one that's always been done by hand. It's a very repeatable process requiring great precision, but it's just the sort of job a robot could do if it could see. So a brand new breed of robots had to be designed. Well, these robots can see in a primitive sort of way using a very simple camera. A broad beam of light is shone down here onto the pillar that surrounds the windscreen. But because the camera is hidden down a very narrow slit, only the light that is reflected back at the right angle reaches the light-sensitive diodes. And it's that part of the reflected light that happens to come off the flange where the screen must be placed. So, using that, the robot 
is provided with an image of that flange. It's this peak here. Now when the screen is brought near it, it interferes with that image, giving a clear picture of the relationship between the screen and the flange. So yeah, you know, more than was necessary. I of, certainly. Yeah, I don't know whether he was on a bet or what, but um, but I mean, this uh-huh. the thing is that this was like the year I, I think I don't know, it might have been a couple of years earlier even of that uh, Fiat Strada advert, which um, was like okay. the machines in this fully automated Fiat factory building these Fiat Stradas while classical music played. So, I mean, you know, by that point, that was a thing. And fucking Buggles did a whole fucking album about it, basically. Their first album, Plastic World, is um is basically a bunch of kind of dystopian robot paranoia. I mean, this wasn't... Oh, what I'm saying is that this wasn't tomorrow's world. This is very much extant in the world in which tomorrow... Yeah world exists tomorrow's <laughs> yeah. world, world you know in, in um, today's in today's well, world at the at the time well yeah we went to the uh, british leyland factory and they were making i think it was a maestro or a montego and a robot was in charge of putting in the whole windscreen by itself yeah. and it fucking did it as well and, uh, and it didn't bugger off for a cigarette it didn't bugger off for three cigarette blokes in a row and then go on strike <laughs> God, I sound like Jeremy. I sound like Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> it's the very first thing it did do. Oh. They unionized, went on strike. Oh dear! There was also there was a, a hint to whether or not self-driving cars might be on their way. Well, speaking from tomorrow's world, I can tell you, yeah. Well, we're still we're still at that stage with that. Yeah, yeah, there's a few things. But I think we're probably closer than they were in 1984. Well, no, I mean, there are self-driving cars, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's even been somebody killed by a self-driving car. Do you want to know where robots are at in terms of robot paranoia and and all of that business? Go on. Uh, A friend of my wife's got home the other day from going to... um, Starbucks or something. Okay. To find that her dog had done a shit on the kitchen floor and their Roomba had tried to suck it up. And when they got home, (laughs) in the kitchen, the kitchen floor was sort of smeared in a hectic zigzag of dog shit. And the the Roomba was lying in ruins. Smoking, presumably, with its wheels in oh it. So that's how that's how the robot yeah. uh, infiltration yeah. is going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll put it this way. I reckon we're still. I reckon we're still a couple of steps ahead. We are a couple of steps ahead, but I mean, you know, we're not as far ahead as I think people no. thought we would be well, in the 1984. Next, the next generation of Roombas will have turd evasion technology you can guarantee yeah. it. they'll have figured that out I mean look I'll put it this way right in 1984 very 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 few people would have guessed that the the future would come to completely pivot on two technologies and that those technologies would be your phone and your computer God, if you're, you're one of those that's got one Nobody would have worked. Nobody would have realised that the 
at the time the transformative effect that those two devices combined and their mutations would end up having. Yeah. It's, it's what astonishing. Do, what, did, what did people think that it was going to be at the time? Fucking robots. That's an interesting question. <laughs> robots. Re- did they you thought really? it would be robots, and they thought that the robots. You really would, thought it would. They be thought robots. it would be robots, and they thought the robots would be servants at first, but then they'd rise up and take over. Yeah. Whereas in fact, what has actually happened is far worse in many ways. That we've been given more ways to express ourselves. And are going to bring ourselves down from yeah. within. I, I, look, I trust a fucking <laughs> robot over most yeah. of the governments in this planet. Because uh, at least a robot yeah. thinks logically. Well, then again, you know, thinking logically isn't always optimal. It, I mean, it is <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> For, to if, be sure. if you're weak. <laughs> Smells. A subject yeah. that I am very uh, familiar with. Yeah, they be, he be it's Prendeville briefly on about smells. But the real masters of olfactory illusion aren't the famous names, but the perfumers who make the smells that go into lavatory cleaner, shampoo, washing powder, the products for the mundane side of our life. I mean, you can't put 20 quid's worth of exotic spices into a 29-pence bar of soap, but a bit of exotic chemistry will turn turpentine or North Sea oil into roses, lemon, sandalwood, anything you want. Well, that was really an excuse to go out into the street of some godforsaken new town and uh, proffer a handkerchief that had been doused in liquid stink under their nose and yeah. film it. I mean, yeah, that's I, all I, that was. Yeah, that, I mean, worst bit of the show, I think, probably. Yeah, I wasn't. I think I so. wasn't interested. I mean, it was the sort of thing you would get on a children's program. It's like I've put something that smells like something bad presumably poo, mm-hmm. given the fact that the liquid is, is called PU5. Mm-hmm. Do you want to sniff it? <laughs> yeah, all right then. Because I'm on camera, I'll sniff it. Yeah, it's basically it's game for a oh, laugh, basically, God. isn't it? Game for a laugh. Yeah. Only the consequences were, were real, yeah. because actually it was a bioweapon. 30,000 people died in Crawley. No, that that none of that happened. But the thing is that they then move on to something really interesting, which is... Um, Says you. Yeah, the very first high-definition television. High de- honestly, the, the way that people go on about televisions these days, ladies and gentlemen, you... D- I just don't get it. Well, the thing is, I can give you a bit of context here. Uh, McCann is talking about uh, the coming of these new high-definition televisions. And interestingly, um, he frames it entirely as being for the benefit of cinemas. Doesn't really touch on it as being something that everybody would actually end up having at home. Um, well, I don't think anybody could have imagined the sort of tellies that we have nowadays yeah. in 1984. Well, Mo- I mean, in 1984, we didn't even have a colour telly. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to that. Hold that thought. Hold that um, thought. And so what they've done is they've developed a 1,125-line television screen. Um, and that is to be compared with a 625-line television screen yeah puny yeah so look well not necessarily let's wind back a little bit further television line uh sets uh used to display pictures by lines shining light through the lines 
Um, and the number of lines would define uh, how good the picture was, how you know how uh, clear it was. And in the first place, uh, on VHF, televisions had 405 lines. Uh, and then 625 was introduced in 1964 uh, okay. on BBC Two. And this was like the equivalent of high definition at the time. Uh, now, have you ever... You've seen, obviously, the goals from the 1966 World Cup final. Yes. And have you ever noticed how there are, there's two versions? There's one that's kind of a bit shitty, and there's one that's really clear, pin sharp, black and white. Yes. Yep. Well, that... Yes. The uh, the very sharp one is the 625 uh, broadcast, which was shown on BBC Two that day. And the muddier one, which you're more, more probably more people are familiar with, is the BBC One coverage from the same time. And presumably everyone was watching it on BBC One. Uh, yeah, because very, very few people had televisions that could even pick up six to, 625 lines by 1966. Well, this is actually this this pertains to what he's talking about in the the, the problem of him expressing to you what difference this sort of thing is going to make because you're still watching it on a tv that's also your washing machine yeah yeah so i can show you how incredibly crisp this picture is Mm. but actually you're just gonna have to get one of these tellies yeah but um and that is why loan companies now run the earth but the thing is in 1969 it went to pow color 625 which Mm. uh was uh, finally discontinued, finally discontinued, the 405 lines on the 4th of January, 1985. Eight days after this broadcast about this new high definition, the original 405 line was finally switched off. That's a pretty cool fact, isn't it? Um, yeah, the current, they really were living in tomorrow's yeah, world. Yeah, current standard TV definition, by the way, is 576i, uh, which is the modern equivalent for standard definition TV. And what they actually do is they leave 49 lines blank, which is why a standard uh, digital broadcast looks a little bit worse, a little bit muddier than it would do on an old CRT television. Okay. I am Dr. Facts <laughs> oh, tonight. Uh, yeah, well, coming apparently at you, so. Coming at you with those truth bombs. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what um, I learnt is that you can use computers to do the special effects for cinema well, um, productions. Who knew? Yeah, well, that that's where they finish up the programme. And they're talking to the makers of a film called 2084. Okay. And if there's one thing that I could tell you about 2084... Okay. It's that its special effects were shit. <laughs> well, it looked like a mid-title from Red Dwarf. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd, like to, uh, I'd like to take a moment, if I could find... The only review that I could find of this film, 2084, and it comes from MJ Simpson science fiction and horror reviewer and formerly former deputy editor as SFX magazine. So, you know, I'm 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 saying all 
authoritative voice. Okay. And he says that this film is a sub-sub-Star Wars piece of semi-juvenile rubbish, which is nothing more than a scrappily assembled mishmash of cliches and lazy filmmaking. Hmm. Sounds like one of the modern Star Wars yeah. films. Yeah, so that's what, that's what they thought of 2084. I wasn't paying attention. Um, I wasn't paying attention to that bit, because uh, at the end of the day... Oh, by that time, I was googling 2084 review, mm. just to You're see if I could. Yeah, just to see if I could. Um... Well, you. I mean, presumably, then you didn't. You didn't really pay much attention to the final feature of Maggie Philbin reporting on a, a new polarizing lens that can increase the brightness in your home or office. Oh yeah, that magic window thing. Um, but yeah, the thing is, very, and this was my this was, good, was it? This was my favourite part of of this whole episode, is when right at the end she revealed that this was a material that could go into production, and uh, it didn't have a name. No. And the biggest piece of it that they'd managed to construct so far was about the size of a Jacob's Cracker. Yeah, and the thing is that I, I was looking at it and thinking, well... You're calling this a magic window. Yeah. But it, it just looks like a window to me. Yeah, just get another light. Just get yeah, another I don't, light. I don't, want, I don't want to sound like I'm being rude or anything, but that just looks like another window at a slightly different angle reflecting the light off the first one, and it's not doing a particularly good job of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was the impression I did. Maybe I misread it. On Maybe the whole, I, misread it. I would say that this programme hedges its bets as to what it's going to be like in tomorrow's world yeah it's a lot of it is very conceptual sort of well one day maybe we'll be able to do that or one day maybe they could think about maybe doing this or there was no uh, concrete right look at this we have i've got this it's this is in the prototype stage it's going to blow your minds it's kind of weird to me that he could go through all that stuff explaining about television definitions and not mention that the very next week the original one is being switched off for good. Well, maybe it was a complete surprise to him as well. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, you smacks know. of very poor research, but um... well, I mean, it took me like five minutes to find that out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, ah, from a from a distance, to... from a distance yeah, of maybe, thirty yeah, six well, years. I was... Yeah, well, I was literally like, oh, maybe they, um, you know, maybe they, maybe they did it because of that. But I could, but he offered no suggestion that they did, well, which I find infuriating for reasons <laughs> that I can't fully explain. <laughs> what was your favourite part of the program? Was it the robots? I know you like robots. No, it was the the high definition explainer. Oh. I, I'm all over that stuff, you know. I well, am. yeah, but I don't. But I, I, before my before my YouTube recommendations were ruined by this ridiculous project, I was um, I, I would spend quite a lot of time watching, you know, old th- YouTube videos about old hi fi's and honestly, TV sets. You, you know, fully well, I'm. You don't know that. the half of what has been done to my YouTube recommendations this i was recommended today a video from the official jim davidson youtube channel 
So don't talk to me about having your YouTube feed disrupted. Let me let me have a look. Let me have a look, and I'll see. I'll I'll see what I'm currently being recommended. If there is anything egregiously unpleasant in the, um, uh, it's oh, <laughs> yeah, it's recommending one thing that I definitely do not want to watch. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> more on more on that in our next episode. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, well, now then, yeah, maybe maybe our next episode is, has been the root cause of all of our problems. Yeah, quite possibly. And ultimately, very few of the things that they tested seem to work very well. Yeah, they all. Well, and I get it. I get it that you know I understand that this stuff is all highly experimental and all that, but nothing made me go wow. Yeah. Nothing would have made me go wow at the time. There wasn't really anything that made me go, oh, wow, they totally called that, apart from maybe the telly things. But, you know, tellies have moved on much further than that now. Already, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's that it works just to a completely different standard now. So I was kind of hoping for some sort of technology which is now absolutely cutting edge, and I could go, oh, they called it, but no, still Judith Han. Oh yeah, you know, very authoritative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my lasting memory of this program will definitely be that film review. Well, I mean, it sounds to me like that's the sort of film that you probably need to watch. Sub, sub, Star Wars. The bit that's going to stay with me is Judith Han. Always. Always and forever, the Han. Your first, your last, your every Your every Han. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. What about you? Well, I mean, my favourite thing was the revelation that the miracle polarising glass the entire stock was held in Maggie Philbin's hand and it was the size of a cracker. Yeah. That's yeah. definitely my favourite bit. I think mm. my least favourite bit was probably probably being reminded that um, I'm colour blind. That, that sucked. And, uh-huh. uh, and also, I mean, I wasn't very interested in the TV thing because... I'm the complete opposite. I I, yeah. I dig on high culture and <laughs> I d- no, no I just go and wank in a field. Um, <laughs> but no, the it's thing funny that, because it's true. The, the, <laughs> obviously, the thing about people going and you know a bit anything that features people smelling something, unless they've given out a scratch and sniff card with the Radio Times. You, yeah, you, why am I watching this? Yeah, why am I this? watching this? Fuck it off. Yeah. Bring back Han. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Another one bites the dust. Another day closer to death. <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow. The Black and White Minstrel Show. It had to be. So we went get there. it out. Get it out of the way. Yeah. I, I think it's not unreasonable to say that we do not hold this program in particularly high esteem. Yeah. I think that that's a very fair statement. I hate it! So that's, <laughs> that's us for tonight anyway. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks very much for listening. 
goodbye. Poisonous gases And we poison their